The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 non-stop destination for A's baseball. From baseball's top personalities. The great Chris Russo joins us once again. To the game's top players. Joining us is the All-Star. Matt Chapman with us. You never know what stories you're going to hear. If you make your way down here, I, I might be able to make some time and go out there and see the great Chris Townsend. This is A's Unfiltered with Chris Townsend. Welcome to another edition of A's Unfiltered with Chris Townsend here on A's Cast. And today we've got a bunch of A's you're going to love to hear from. Matt Chapman, two-time Platinum Glove winner, two-time Gold Glove winner, set the record for most home runs by a third baseman in Oakland A's history. He's an absolute stud. Here is your third baseman, Matt Chapman. Matt, we always appreciate the time, and I know taking three or four from the Angels after all this talk this offseason about slow starts. You're not out, you know, you're not off to a slow start. How good was it to take three or four and do it from a division rival? It felt great to get those first three, uh, you know, win the series. Uh, I think that's going to be huge for us this season is, you know, we do have a lot of four-game series, and Two, two out of two just isn't going to cut it this year, you know, especially with how how uh, short the season is and how much pressure is on every game. So, you know, we're notorious for a little bit of a slow start, but taking three out of four feels really good, and I think we have a lot of room to improve as well. What has it been like this start? As you just mentioned right there, you know, the pressure right out of the gate, you're, you're in a pennant race already. How has this been different than the other years for you? It's it's definitely a different with, uh, you know, obviously no fans in the stadium. Uh, a lot of the different protocols starting the season this late in the year. Hopefully it's starting the season this late giving us the late season mojo that we usually have. <laughs> but um, it's, it's just been uh, it's been it's been weird. You know, you, you can prepare as much as you want for something like this. But when, until we get out there and start playing, it's hard to really know what it's going to be like. And. We're trying not to put too much pressure on ourselves because we know that, hey, there's expanded playoffs. Uh, you know, all we got to do is get in. Um, but I, I know that that's not what our goal is. Our goal is to win this division. And I think that uh, jumping right into a playoff race is something that, you know, we all really enjoy. And hopefully, uh, you know, our team does well under pressure. So I think it's only going to help us. You know, now that I've been watching this and watching what's going on with the league, and obviously we know what's happened with the Marlins. When people have said that, oh, there should be an asterisk for this season, I'm like, uh, I'm turning the other way. This might be the toughest World Series to ever win because of the pandemic, because of the craziness, because you're going to have 16 teams. You got to go through more people than ever. I'm not buying the asterisk. What do you think? This might be the toughest championship ever to win. Yeah. If if it if not the toughest, it's up there for sure because – you know, you, you, you said it, the, the virus, this has been a crazy year. 2020 has been uh, definitely a year nobody could predict and everybody's had to deal with their things uh, no matter what it is. Um, also, expanded playoffs, more teams in the playoffs, uh, more games you have to win to win a World Series. And to say that there's an asterisk, I don't think it's fair because you know, everybody put their work in. Everybody kept working hard through the quarantine. And, you know, that's the way life goes sometimes. It's not going to be a perfect season. But, you know, if we're if this thing doesn't count, why would we be playing it? You know, that's what I think. And we're playing it. We're here. We're showing up. And everybody's working hard for the same goals. It feels real to me. So uh, I think that there's no asterisk. And it's going to be whoever wins that thing at the end of the year is going to hold it proud. You know, that's the one thing that I say about you on our show all the time is that as much as everybody wants to get three, four hits a game and hit a home run, you come to the ballpark every day, not about your statistics, you come to win. And I remember like you didn't have the greatest day at the plate and no one was more happy for Mike Fires throwing that no-no. Talk about for you, it's not about statistics. You come to win. Definitely. I mean, it's something that you, uh, you have to um, manage for sure because obviously everybody wants to get their get theirs. Uh, but I think uh, you know if you focus on winning and you focus on what you can control, uh, and that's you know preparing yourself as best you can to have success and help the team win. And I guess it helps that uh, you know defensively I can help out, so it's not always one sided with offense. But 
yeah, for, for me, you know, I feel like we're a team and we're a family and, you know, we put all this work in together and uh, it's about winning a world series. That's what you, that's when you're a little kid and you, you know, when you're growing up, that's what you think about is winning. You don't think about, you know, the personal statistics. I think if, uh, if you take care of uh, going out there and giving it everything you got to win, the other stuff falls in place. And that's not to say that, you know, I don't care about, you know, what I do, obviously I do. And uh, it still weighs on me, but, you know, I think that uh, at the end of the day, if we win the game, I can, I can go home happy about that. You know, people talk about chemistry and you guys got a three headed monster in that infield and you guys know each other so well that you don't have to verbally, you just guys know each other. And I think, you know, here you are, extra innings. We've never had a guy on second base to start extra innings. It's history. I mean, it's going to be a trivia question someday. Uh, What was the first one? And to think the play Olsen made, and then he won Hopsha, and you pick it. It's But it's the communication. You guys don't have to verbally have it. You guys just know mentally. What is that like, the chemistry between you, Marcus, and Olsen? It's great. It's nice to be able to, you know, have now, you know, I played with Olsen in the minor league. So me and him have been playing together for like five years. And then to have Marcus now is our fourth year together. Um, it's just, it's nice to have that kind of comfortability with the guys. You know, we just kind of give each other a look and it's like, Hey, I'm coming over here and we, we know how to space each other out, you know, where to be in certain situations. So it's nice to, to be that comfortable with each other. And uh, the 10th inning thing with me and Olsen, uh, it's something we've been talking about for a while. Me and him always like mess around with like different kind of plays and like talk, talk to each other about certain scenarios and what can happen. And Olsen's, you know, he's pretty ridiculous over there at first base. So there's nothing that is hit his way that I don't think he can't do. So he, we knew that, uh, you know, Walsh was coming up there in that situation, obviously trying to get the runner uh, Otani over to third base. Uh, so he, naturally he's trying to pull the ball. And so I, that allowed me to cheat over towards third base a little bit because I didn't really feel like the ball was coming my way. And if it was, it might be a pop-up cause he missed it. But Olsen, uh, he kind of gave me the look and I, I knew what he meant when he looked at me and it was just like, Hey, let's, if the ball gets hit hard to me right here, let's throw him out at third. Let's do that play. So we work on it sometimes where it's either a hot shot or a bunt when he tries to come to third and catch the guy off guard. So I think that's going to come into play big time this year with the rules. Um, it's definitely uh, going to take some getting used to having a runner start off at second base. But, you know, for I really thought that uh, that would kind of bother me, but I didn't really mind it. It was kind of interesting and made things exciting. So, I mean, it's uh, definitely plays to our advantage if we could play fundamental defense. Yeah, the first time it ever happens, you immediately nullify the guy, which was really, really cool. And like I said, that's going to be a trivia question someday. And, you know, when we talked to you at spring training, you mentioned, like, I'm like the earliest ever to win two platinum gloves. You can fact check me. We fact checked you. You are correct. You are the youngest guy to win two. That's pretty cool. I mean, that's – I might have been talking out of my butt a little bit there, but I mean, I, at least I got the facts to back it up. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, your high school teammates coming to town. He's got seven. Yeah. You got two. You both went to El Toro High School in Lake Forest, California. Was he's he? A got, senior? He's got seven gold gloves. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, he's got seven. Was he a senior and you were a sophomore? Yeah, yeah, he was. Um, Man, that's crazy. Seven gold gloves, three platinum gloves, huh? Yeah, he's had a pretty good career. Not too shabby. <laughs> Who played what? He played. Did he play short and you played third? Uh, he played shortstop. I played a little bit of third, a little bit of second. Shortstop when maybe he got pulled out of the game for throwing his helmet or something. DH'd a little bit. I pretty much just played wherever they'd let me. But I, uh, I was pretty underdeveloped for being 15 years old. So I was, uh, I was just happy to be there and Nolan was uh, obviously doing big things already at that age. So to be able to go from there and now, geez, that's uh 12 years later, we're here. I mean, if you take it even further back, me and him played against each other in little league one time in the championship game of like, uh, called like the tournament of champions, like, like, a playoffs for little league teams and 
both of our teams made it from our little league and we ended up facing each other in the finals. And I was like nine and he was 12 and his team won. But it's crazy to think that we were playing against each other, you know, that long ago. And now it's almost like, you know, 18 years later, we're playing against each other tonight. Yeah. I mean, what what do you think that's going to be like? Like, like, let's say, you hit a triple and you're like standing there and you're like, I mean, you're high school teammates, man. It's crazy. I know it's a trip, you know, and uh, our, our families obviously know each other pretty well. Um, and his little brother's friends with my sister. So we got a, and his older brother is friends with our family. So we're pretty close with them and uh, it'll be, it'll be fun to play against Nolan. I know he, uh, how competitive he is and I know he's going to want to uh, get the best of me. So I got to, I got to try to one up him. You know, let's end on this. You know, the bottom line is we're probably not going to see a whole lot of innings anytime soon from starting pitchers. So that's going to put a lot on the bullpen. And you think in 20 and a third innings, your bullpen's only given up one earned run. The ERA for the, for the bullpen is 0.44. Talk about all these guys coming out of the bullpen and just how, how impressive they have been for you guys. Uh, they've been very impressive to come out of the gates hot like that and pick us up, especially in some situations where, Hey, you know, we've, we've brought guys in in tough spots to get out guys. And when you're facing a lineup like the angels, there's really no let up. Uh, they got guys that can handle the bat. They got guys that have power. Um, they got everything, you know, they're, they were, they were missing Rendon, but I mean, David Fletcher fills that role really well. I mean, he's hitting 600 against us his batting average against us is probably 800 he doesn't get out against us but so they they have a ton of guys they're a great team i mean when you got mike trout otani pujols rendon i mean the upton that's a that's a legit team and they got so for our bullpen to come in there and you know keep those guys off balance and shut the door like that that was huge um and I, you know, I know sometimes at the beginning of the year, it's hard to, you know, jump right into a season and be dialed in. But these guys, they've been taking their work seriously. And we got a good group of guys and they're, uh, they all pick each other up and they, they know what their role is. And when they come into the game, they know how they're going to attack guys. So their preparation has definitely paid off. You know, it's cool about that when you say, oh, they got Trout and they got Otani. That's what people are saying about you guys. They got Chapman, they got Olsen, they got Simeon, they got Canna, they got Loriano. Hey, this Murphy kid behind the dish can hit the ball 500 feet. That's what other teams are now saying about you guys. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. We, uh, you know, we, we don't think about, of ourselves like that, which is probably a good thing. Um, but you know, I, I know, uh, you know, we're getting past that point of being young kids in this league and now it's kind of our time to, you know, we need to put, make our mark so i think uh pretty cool to be uh to see where we started and where we're at now and i think it's just uh because of all the hard work we've put in as a team and the coaches have uh given us a lot of opportunities to get better and really worked with us so uh, i think it's just a good combination of just a good group top to bottom throughout this organization and hopefully uh you know this uh three and three and one start is just a foreshadowing of what this season holds for us we always appreciate the time. Be safe, keep winning, and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. From Matt Chapman to one of our favorites, there's no question this guy has been on A's Cast Live more than any other Oakland A. He is a wonderful human being. He is all about helping people, children, animals. He's one of the great stories in baseball. He's your all-star closer, Liam Hendricks. Well, it is always great to have the All-Star on, and we know what, what kind of year it's going to be for him as he's going to be in a lot of these games. There's only 60 of them, but he's going to be in a lot of them. Liam Hendricks joins us here on A's Cast Live. How are you? We missed you. I've been good. Uh, just, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm getting ready for 60 games, uh, depending on how many I pitch in. It could be 60. It could be uh, however many, but... Uh... Yeah, well, I think we're going to rely pretty heavily on the bullpen to start off with, so I'm, uh, I'm excited to get the season underway. So this isn't crazy. To Cody and I have been talking about this, how potentially we could see a closer like yourself, uh, whoever is on a good team, factor in, I don't know, in 30 of the 60 games. You know, when we think about the MVP, 
Uh, Dennis Eckersley won an MVP. Raleigh Fingers won an MVP. I could see someone like yourself having 20-something saves, X amount of wins. I could see you factoring into a lot of games. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think if, uh, if there's ever a time for a reliever to get uh, into the Cy Young or MVP or anything like that conversation, I think right now would be uh, about as good a, a good a year as you can do it. I mean, you're going to get guys into the possibility of 40 games, depending on how everything goes, because every game counts for three right now. So it's uh, no days off, that's for sure. By the way, you scared the hell out of me last night when you barehanded that ball. Oh, come on now. I grew up playing cricket. It's all good. <laughs> Whenever I see that, I go, oh, my God, don't break your hand. Please don't break your hand. Um, well, I, there's so much gold on the infield. I'm trying to get my own little piece of history right there, you know? To how just how great was it for you just to put the uniform on and get back out and play it? Well, it was really cool playing against someone that isn't our own team. <laughs> I mean, that was that was nice. I mean, it's it's all well and good pitching against your own guys. You get a little bit of bragging rights here and there, but there's no real kind of adrenaline rushes when you're going up against other people, and especially when it's on TV because you have an opportunity to not make a fool of yourself, and that's uh, that's about as good of a bonus as you can say that. That was also was saying the other day, well, yesterday before the game, he's like, look, now everyone can see if I strike out. So I've got to not strike out. And it counts for every strike, I counts for three of them now. So we got to make sure we do all right. So the fact that the game was on television and you have, I mean, you have no fans. So obviously that's going to be weird. But the fact that the game was on television, that gave you, that you think that gave everybody a little juice? Uh, the game was on TV. The game was against the Giants. And you always want to do well against those. Just the, uh, the city rivalry going on. But, I mean, if you squint really hard, those cutouts look actually pretty real. So, other than the fact that we've got the we've got all of MLB Network analysts sitting in the same section, which is never going to happen. Oh, man, it's great. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of, yeah. They're, they're, you know, I, I guess I've watched so much of the Korean Baseball League that I'm used to no fans now. But, yeah, it was kind of like odd, uh, the camera angle. And, of course, you're pitching, you're seeing it. Uh, you know, just seeing all these cardboard <laughs> cutouts, it's pretty bizarre. Yeah, it's definitely weird. I mean, you you definitely turn around in the bullpen looking up. And, I mean, the creepiest part was there was a security guard that was sitting, like, right behind them, the cutouts in, near the bullpen yesterday. And so you'd be looking up, you'd, you'd glance up, you'd see the cutouts, and you're like, okay, they're all cutouts. And then you see one of them move. And it was a little weird because the security guard was, like, readjusting himself or just moving around, like, walking around. You're like, now I'm thinking that it's, all the cardboard cutouts are moving, and it's just a creepy movie. <laughs> the cutouts come alive. That would be uh, oh. that would be pretty funny. You know, when I think, as you mentioned, and it's real, it's like every game is really like 2.7 games. How much have you guys talked about the, the urgency of you got to win and you got to win right away? Yeah, we haven't really spoken too much about it. I think everyone's of the uh, – like everyone knows that it's going to be an interesting year, how everything plays out, and – I think, um, but the the good thing about it is like the way you the way you have to look at it is you have to put those silver linings and everything, and you have to look at it like okay, a win is three wins. Don't worry about the losses. That 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 that's neither here nor there. But a win is three wins. A save is three saves. A strikeout is three strikeouts, and a home run is a ho- is three home runs if as a hitter, not as a pitcher. It doesn't count as a pitcher. But um, yeah, that's the way everyone's looking at it. Like look, everything positive we do times by three, and that's where we're at. I think it's just that's the way everyone's mindset needs to go into this, not uh, sitting there contemplating the negatives, but always just focusing on the positives and, and moving forward with every statistic that is good. It gets it gets times by three, and we'll, we're all, we'll all be laughing all the way to the bank. You know, earlier we uh, we, we talked to Sean Maniac because he donated a bunch of meals uh, like yourself, but he did for the EMTs in, in San Francisco. His girlfriend works uh, for an ambulance company, and we were talking to him about staying in shape. And then, obviously, I mean, watching him yesterday go out and throw five innings, you know, we were talking about where, you know, are we, are we hoping that starters are going to get three innings? I mean, I, I think you guys are more in pitching shape than people really believe. Just talk about what you did during this off time to, 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 to keep your arm in shape. Uh, so I started off by two weeks in the spring, tra- two weeks in the quarantine, training my oblique. So I definitely didn't put too much mileage on my arm, which is good. Um, so I was rehabbing that for most of the, most of the, uh, the break. And uh, yeah, so I was able to play catch. I, st- I stuck around in Arizona just because I had someone to play catch and I had a mound to use. 
then that went out the window when I hurt myself. But um, yeah, it was just, I mean, throwing and doing all that. And then the most exercise I really did was walking back and forth between the kitchen and the couch. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't do too much to begin with. I, uh, I like, I've, I've gotten to the point where I know what I need to do to get ready for a season, but it's always, it was such a different period of time because during the off season, I'll take two weeks off and then start throwing again. Where this time I was forced to take three or four weeks off just due to the fact I strained my oblique and I couldn't throw. How did you strain it? Well, like everyone else, just trying to throw too hard. I was at uh, I was at a place where I was throwing a bullpen, and right next to you, there's a leaderboard of velocities from the Rap Soda. And so I'm sitting there, I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, okay, 97 point something or other. I'm like, I think I can get to that. Um, <laughs> so I got to 96. I got to 96 that day, and then the next 96.3 actually, just to be specific. And then the guy I played catch with was Mark Zepchinski from uh, our old teammate from 2016. And he was throwing his pens. I'm like, okay, I want to throw my slider as hard as possible. And that's where it went really downhill. <laughs> so I had a slider at 91, and I was like, okay, I need to get to 92 just to be, like create a little bit of breathing room. And then uh, pulled down a little too hard with my front side and didn't end well, but we're all backed and healthy and ready to go now. Well, that slider you got, it, 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 the way it drops versus going from right to left, a couple inches like a normal slider, your slider really it reacts almost like a, I, what would we call it, a split finger fastball where your slider just drops. How do you make it do that? I think it's just natural talent. Uh, no, I got no idea. I think it's um, the way I've gripped it and the way I've done it in the past. I'm so on top of the ball. I'm so focused on trying to get that four seam backward spin that I'm trying to tunnel it as much as I can. So, I'm a little bit higher than your average Joe and I get, um, I just, I'm able to get on top of the ball a little bit more. And that's where I found that it has the latest, the, the, the sharpest and latest break. And that's, uh, I mean, that's all you're looking for. I, I'll sacrifice like movement in inches to get that little bit, like a little bit later of a break because I mean, the later the break, the harder it is to pick up. So that's just, uh, the way I've, the way I figured it out is just, uh, I can get a little bit more side to side. If I change the grip a little bit, I can, uh, just manipulate the ball a little bit, but what I found that works best for me and the one that uh, I'm pretty focused on trying to recreate this year is that, uh, that late biting one that goes down and then uh, yeah, it's just a, just a changing of the grip and making sure it comes out of the hand the right way, which is a, which is a challenge when you miss some time because it's such a, it's not a field pitch, but it's a field pitch. Well, I think about, you know, like when you first came into baseball to where we are today, as you mentioned, Rap Soto, uh, they've been using TrackMan. They're now going to Hawkeye in Major League Baseball. Just the technology has changed since you entered pro ball. How much does it help you, and how much do you use it? Well, I would have loved this when I was a starter with the Twins. I mean, coming up through the minor leagues, you had to chop. You had to sit in the stands in the baking sun in Florida for an extended spring training game with a radar gun with no shade, nothing that you're just sitting in the sun for three hours a day on all you're doing is writing the velocities down. So I would have loved stuff like this in the minor league places, but uh, now I use it a decent amount, but it's, it's not so much to check the data as it is to compare. So I'm like more of a comparing from what I've done. Like I have a guy that I send all the data to and I let, and I just say, look, don't tell me if it's exactly the same. Is there anything different and what can cause that differences? And so there was a couple of times last year where I actually got a little bit too high on the ball. And so I create a little bit too much uh, kind of horizontal movement, which I don't want. And talked to him sending the data. He's like, yeah, you got a little bit higher on the ball. So just feel like you drop down a little bit and uh, you'll be back, back in gold. And all of a sudden dropped down and it, uh, it gave me that life back on the fastball. So it's just, I use it as more of a uh, comparable to make sure I'm in the right spot in the right zone, like frame of mind and everything, rather than using it as like, Oh, well I need to improve my spin rate to this guy and all this, all this other stuff that, uh, some people kind of can get bogged down in a little bit. You know, it is fascinating too, because you know, the simple stuff, I, you know, like for you getting back to, to playing long toss was something that brought your fastball back. So it's like you have the new technology and you have the old school, you've kind of incorporated both into your game. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, been part of both periods. I mean, I came up with the old school stuff where it's just the radar gun. And if you, if you lit up, lit up the radar gun, it was great. But if you didn't, it was judged on how you're making guys swings. I mean, I 
for whatever reason, my velocity has always played up a little bit. Even when I was a starter, like I would be 90, 92, but it would play up a little bit and I'd get some late swings on that sort of stuff. So I feel like if the analytics were around when I was coming up, it would have been, I think it would have been beneficial to me, but it wasn't around and you kind of went on the, the feel of it and you weren't able to quantify it as much as you can these days. But yeah, we, we're using Hawkeye right now, which is supposed to be a little bit more accurate. Um, I think there's been some issues with the calibration. I know that uh, the velocity of that at the Coliseum hasn't been quite spot on. I think uh, the hitters are going up there thinking that everything is a couple miles slower than uh, a couple miles faster than the radar gun says. Um, I'd like that because I threw a fastball at 91 yesterday. And so I want to make sure that's at least 93 because that makes me feel better about myself. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think once we get, once we get it all figured out, it's going to be a little bit more accurate than Trackman was. I think it, there's uh, there's more, I shouldn't say accurate. There's more that goes into it. There's a little bit more of a biometric scanning stuff that they would kind of pinpoint. If you're doing something differently body wise, uh, you're able to kind of la- figure out where your foot lands and the drive and everything like this. So there's, there's a lot more that, data that goes into it and uh obviously if anyone's ever watched tennis hawkeye is the thing that tells you if it's in or out and obviously that's a that's a pretty solid piece of machinery right there so hopefully we can incorporate something like that for our video replays as well you know i don't know if i'm overplaying this or not but i just think uh the fact that other than texas and houston you're playing basically everything in the west coast it's going to be far less travel Easy flights to Los Angeles and San Diego. Uh, does this? Do you think that's a big deal? That the fact that you're, you, the mileage you guys normally travel won't even be close to what it normally is. Uh, yeah, I mean we're still top four for travel in the league. Um, like I think it goes to two teams, the two Texas teams, Seattle and then us. So um, we get a little bit of a reprieve on travel because I think we're meant to play the NL East this year, but. Then again, I was excited about going to the new Braves Stadium because I hadn't been there yet. So, so you take everything with a grain of salt. But yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be great to play uh, the West. As, um, I've never been to Colorado before. Um, that'll be my first time. Never been to Arizona other than uh, the Futures game when I was part of the world team. And then um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I was actually just texting Blake Trinan, who pitched for the Dodgers last night. So it'll be uh, we get a chance to see him again, which uh, which will be interesting. Obviously, his. Uh, the, the couple of years he had here were uh, were drastically different, and hopefully he's figured it out again. And uh, and hopefully it just doesn't work out against us. But hopefully he's figured it out for himself and his career and everything. But uh, yeah, I'm excited about playing the West. I'm excited about sticking around. And my biggest thing is I just hope guys don't do anything stupid on the road. Um, I mean, obviously I've got uh, I got some health issues going on, so I want to make sure that everything everyone takes the necessary precautions and. And we can kind of wear masks whenever we can, and we can uh, we can ride this thing out and get all sixty games and full playoffs in without uh, without any issues. Yeah, that I mean, cross our fingers, knock on wood. That's uh, hopefully uh, what will get done. Did you get a chance to go back home at all? Uh, so I went home this off season. Uh, yeah, I went home, um, went back to Australia for a little bit down there, and then uh, had a nice little off season. Like nice little off season, we did uh, Hawaii with my wife and. My wife and I, and then a couple of friends were there, and then went to Australia, and then we spent a couple of days in Sydney. So we walked along the Sydney Harbour Bridge, which was awesome. We did uh, some of the sightseeing stuff that I don't get a chance to do. Like even as a kid, being on the West Coast, you don't really get a chance to do that. So it was nice doing that. And then uh, I felt like I was getting locked in in spring training, and then uh, then everything happened. But it's uh, it's good to see sports all around the world are coming back. Obviously the, uh, the English Premier League has been playing, the Australian football league has been playing the, uh, the NHL starts up on the, the 1st of August. Uh, there's the talks about the NBA and the NFL coming back. So I think it's just, it's going to be bringing a little bit of normalcy back and it's going to kind of limit everything that's going on in, in the country right now is having the access to sports to be able to watch everything. And it's just getting back into that a little bit of a normalcy. Let's end on this because I've asked everybody this, you know, during this pandemic, a lot of people have been doing a deep dive on a lot of different things, whether it's like Netflix or Hulu or whatever. What have you and your wife been doing? What have you been locked into during during the off time? I mean, we've had a lot. So we were I was lucky in the fact that my wife had set up uh, it, it was an app called House Party. And so they they'd get on there every Friday night and it would be just one of those things where they just she gets on with a couple of friends and they just sit there and it's, it's like a house party. So they just sit there and talk. And that's usually what, that was my excuse to play video games and just get away from everything. And we could have that kind of separation together. But 
we've uh yeah i was doing that she was doing her thing and then we got deep into 90 day fiance and below deck and then we just watched the uh the Formula One documentary on Netflix. That was really, really interesting because one of the Australian drivers from my hometown. Uh, we're watching Dead to Me right now. Um, yeah, we've we've bounced around a lot of things. I mean, it's that's the good thing about like my wife is there's no real genre that she is a, like she doesn't like or anything. So it's just we've bounced around between reality, between drama, between comedy, between everything. So it's been uh, it's been an interesting time just kind of flip-flopping between different uh different tv shows and then the books i've been reading and then uh everything going on so we were able to kind of diversify our interest which was nice well i know for a lot of ace fans it's good to hear your voice and it's good to talk to you again and uh good luck in the season we'll be talking to you soon really looking for these these 60 games are going to go by fast and uh and i expect a uh a great season from you it's going to be really interesting I mean, you, we already need to tamp down your expectations a little bit. Let's just hope for a healthy season right now. I mean, uh, we don't want to put anybody's words in their mouth, but no, we're, we're going out there trying to do what we can. But, uh, yeah, we're excited to have these 60 games in 66 days, which will be uh, which will be nice and fun because we never get any days off. And, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. But we're just chomping at the bit to get back to playing and getting back in, into that routine of, uh, of our normal lives of what we do every day. So, I've already got one little figurine built. I built my first guy yesterday, a little Tasmanian devil. So I'll make sure to share some photos of the uh, the stuff I've been building in my little nano block collection. Hey, you're the best. Be well, be safe, and we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks, Danny. Thanks for having me. Always love having Liam on. Chad Pinder is becoming a huge part of the A's the past couple of years. His versatility, the fact that he can play anywhere on the diamond, is huge for Bob Melvin. But now kind of settling in and kind of getting a shot to play more second base. And in this shortened 60-game season, can he be the everyday guy? Can he win that job? Here is Mr. Versatile, Chad Pender. Well, now joining us here on A's Cast Live, Chad Pender was going to be playing second base tonight against the Angels. But, of course, he can play anywhere on the diamond. How have you been? It's been a long time. How's life treating you? Life's good, man. I mean... We're out here. We, we've got through the, you know, the first hurdle of, of summer camp and we got through that, you know, relatively smoothly. Um, you know, so life's good. I'm just uh, just hanging out, getting ready to get to the ballpark and get ready for this opening night. You know, you can't put everybody in a bubble, but what was it like for the players to talk to each other? Basically said, you know, we got to stay safe to make this thing work. What was what were those original conversations like with your teammates? As far as just getting the season going? Yeah, to making sure, you know, people are going to be wearing masks and people aren't going to bars and, you know. Yeah, that was just an internal conversation we had. Um, Obviously, we laid it all out there like, you know, this isn't going to work if if we're out going to the bars or if we're going out to restaurants where there's a ton of people. So, I mean, from the the jump, everybody knew that there was going to be a ton of sacrifice. and, you know, this is just the beginning, you know, it's, it's not going to be easy. You know, we're going to be traveling. Um, we don't even know what that's going to be like. That's going to be an adjustment. Spring training was an adjustment. Uh, we're, we're just going to find out what it's like during a game day. Um, so there's going to be a bunch of things thrown at us over the next week or so. And heck, the next two months uh, where we are going to have to make adjustments. So um, and a lot of sacrifice. So. Those were topics of conversation early on, and, and so far, so good. Um, but, you know, there's there's a lot a lot of uh, bridges to cross here soon. Yeah, the travel's going to be interesting, but I think it's going to be nice, though. I mean, it's you're playing 30 games on the road. Your only long flights are going to be to Texas. Everything else yeah. is going to be on the West Coast. How nice is that going to be? Yeah, I mean, it definitely makes for easier travel. Um not longer nights, you know, that part, I think, I think you're right. That part will be uh, a little smoother um, in terms of not having to do the cross country stuff and kind of keeps you local as far as, you know, um, you know, other play. I mean, I guess that's not even true. You know, you have Texas popping up as a hot spot and you got Arizona popping up as a hot spot. Um, But, you know, the travel will be easier on us. You know, I think about your game right now and just, you know, the versatility as an athlete, 
you know, because I, you know, a lot of us, you know, we, we, we think about you as a shortstop, but you can play anywhere on the diamond. You know, how has that adjustment been for you? And now you're starting at second base, but just how has that been for you knowing that you're showing up one day, you could be in right field. One day you could be at second base. I mean, you know, if something happened to Marcus, you could be at short. I mean, what's that been like for you? I mean, it, it's it's been fun, first and foremost. It's been really, really fun to be able to uh, to work at all those spots and do that in the big leagues. I, I consider that a blessing and an honor uh, to to be a part of that, to be a part of our team in that role. Um, you know, it's it keeps you on your toes, to say the least. You know, like you never know where you're going to get your work that day, and which makes it even more important that you keep your work efficient um, and not overtaxing, whether it be taking too many ground balls or going on the outfield, because they are different movements. And I don't think a lot of people realize that, that, you know, the way you run or, or maneuver the infield is totally different than how you do in the outfield, and that can tax your body a little bit. Um, so just knowing your workload and, and knowing when to get reps and getting efficient reps, um, all while trying to stay, you know, relatively uh, comfortable at each position, um, makes for a little bit of a roller coaster sometimes, but it's something that I do really enjoy. I do love it. Um, you know, I enjoy showing that versatility because I do pride myself on just being a baseball player, just playing the game. You know, I've just always loved playing the game no matter where I'm at, out on the field. And that, that goes as far back as Little League. You know, I've just always liked just going out to the ball field. So, uh, you know, I really enjoy it. StatCast loves you in the outfield. They they think you get arguably the best jumps of anybody on the team. How much outfield did you play before ever getting to Major League Baseball? Oh man, um, I played maybe ten games or so um, my freshman year in college. Split between left and right, um, but that's really about it. Um, you know, there there's not a big background in the outfield for me. Um, <laughs> basically, you know, learned it on the fly. You know, with the help of Casse uh, and Rhino and you know, a few other staff members just, you know, positioning. Um, you know, I think kind of what I do in the outfield kind of mimics a lot of, you know, prep steps in the infield as far as when the ball's entering the zone, which I think does help out with my read sometimes. Um, you know, so trying to track the ball into the, into the uh, you know, where I think contact point would be to, you know, get a fly ball to left field or, whether that, you know, it's a little easier to see it from the left side when the left is hitting from left field if you're seeing the ball enter the zone. Um, just the path their bat would have to take two contact points. So then you can kind of, you know, basically almost cheat to a spot, um, which I think helps sometimes. Um, and it's all just reading reading the ball off the bat and, and reading angles and um, things that, I think people don't realize you can do every single day in batting practice by getting reads. But then that's, that's the, the ultimate way outfielders I think get better. Um, is just being out there during batting practice. You know, there's not much you can do in, in the way of drill work. I mean, you can work on footwork and transfers and stuff for, you know, bang, bang plays where you're throwing guys out, but ultimately you're going to get your reads uh, during live during BP, you know, when, when guys are actually swinging. So, um, I think those are things that when I do have the opportunity to be in the outfield, I, I, I pride myself on, on, you know, getting those quality reps during batting practice and, and being prepared that way. You know, it's crazy. I mean, you play you, you play a few games at Virginia Tech as a freshman, and the next thing you know, you're in a big league outfield. I mean, that doesn't happen too often. It's a, yeah. it's really, it's a great story. And then now you're starting at second base tonight. How comfortable are you there? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty comfortable there. You know, I'm, I've been an infielder my whole life. Um, you know, there are things that obviously you know I want to get better at. Um, I tell people this often. You know, when I get in a groove at a position, you know, if you come up to me after playing a few weeks of playing left field, what my favorite position is, I'm going to say left field because I'm the most comfortable there. I'm in a I'm in a groove. I'm in I'm in the flow. Um, you know, if I play second base for a month, I'm going to tell you second base because I'm comfortable there. Um, so I am comfortable at second base. 
um, there are things that I'm still working on because, you know, I don't want to be um, just okay. You know, I, I don't want to just be, a, you know, a fill-in. You know, I, I when I play a position, I want to be exceptional at it. I want to be uh, relied upon. I don't want to be, you know, just, um, you know, up to par. You know, I want to be better. I want to continue to, to grow at that position. And, and I think that's going to be a focal point this year. And, you know, with, with such a short season, um, it'll be interesting to see where, the playing time plays out and where it's ultimately where I'll get most of my reps. Um, but if it is at second base, you know, there is growth, you know, and I think people don't realize when you play a position every single day, you really do get into a routine, you get into a groove and, and you get, um, you get um, a lot of reps. Game reps are, you know, in the infield are the only way you're going to get better. Um, so I think, uh, you know, if I get reps there and continue to grow, um, I'm excited for that. And 60 games in 66 days. I mean, you guys are used to playing for months on end. It's now two months. We're finding yeah, out yeah. now there's going to be 16 playoff teams. So more than half the league is going to make the playoffs. I mean, like when you wake up today, just like how wild is all of this? Yeah, I mean, it definitely feels surreal, you know, because if you asked me two months ago, I didn't know where we would be, you know, with the virus and being here. And then, you know, we get here and you're going, you're, we all, we're all going in blind. We're, we show up to a, a summer camp where, you know, we don't know if things are going to work out or how things are going to play out or who's going to have the virus or how many people are going to be out. or And then you don't know if people are going to, you know, get the virus during summer camp, which thankfully we didn't have anybody. Um, but, um, you know, it is, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> it's, it's very interesting. Yeah. Let, let, let's end on this. You guys truly have one of the best teams in major league baseball. I mean, back to back years, one in 97 games. I know when I was down at spring training, I saw the confidence in the team going into this season. What do you think this is going to be like for you and your teammates? Cause I know expectations are high. Yeah, you know, I, expectations certainly are high. Um, we know what we have in our clubhouse. We know the type of baseball we can play. Um, and we just have to take care of business. I mean, we, we have to play, you know, what, how we're capable of because, like you said, it's 60 games. Um, anything can happen. You know, any team can go on a, on a stretch where they're on fire and they're winning games. You know, any team can, you know, one week of – one one week losing streak is, you know, crippling, you know, so you got to take care of business. Um, but also not put too much pressure on that, you know, just, just play our game, play our team game and, you know, go out there and play for each other, support each other and, um, you know, do, do what we're capable of. You know, I've never wanted to be, want to see a baseball game more in my life than today. I've missed it so much. And, uh, Good luck to you this season. Stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, go out and have a lot of fun because this is going to be this is going to be a wild ride. We will for sure. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Well, Chad Pender has hit a big home run, no doubt already this year, and a guy who's got off to a really hot start. He's been one of the few athletics to get out to a hot start. Here is Robbie Grossman. Well, the last time we talked to him was down at spring training. Now he's up in Seattle. The A's are looking to take three of four from the Seattle Mariners. Robbie, how are you in the Pacific Northwest? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, and uh, looking forward to, to uh, taking the series today and winning three out of four. You know, some guys have come out of the gate and they've struggled. Some haven't. You haven't. What do you think has been the key to your early success? Um, I made a couple of adjustments in my swing uh, during spring training. And then uh, when I went home for the quarantine, I continued to <clears throat> continue to work on them. And uh, I got I work out with Jed Lowry in the off season and in the whole time in the quarantine, I got to spend a lot of time with him picking his brain and hitting with him. And, uh, he's really, uh, instilled some things in my routine that have really, um, paid off early for me. And, uh, just looking to continue doing those things in my routine and sticking to my plan and, uh, continue to, to try to get better. 
By the way, how is Jed doing? Uh, I haven't talked to him as of late, um, but um, he, he looked. He, he uh, I spent time with him in the office in the quarantine, like I said, and uh, we were working on our our craft, and he's just sharing things with me that he uh, just worked for him, and and I've tried to adopt those into my uh, pregame uh, routine. Well, that and and people don't understand. That is the tough thing about being a switch hitter is you have to maintain two swings. I mean, most guys just got to maintain one swing. You got to maintain two. Talk about how tough that is on a daily basis. Uh, baseball is a grind. Um, and the, the only thing you can re- kind of revert to is, is ask guys who've been through it and have done this for a long time. I eat Jed Lowry and, um, and, and just try to pick their brain and, and see what works and say, Hey, when, when this is going wrong, what do I do? Or this is going wrong. What do you do? What do you, what do you look for? What do you try to feel? And, um, and as someone that's had as much success as Jed. And so he's, he's really been able to help me on some of the aspects that I was lacking in, um, in previous years. And, uh, and it's really, uh, helped out, helped me out. And, I'm looking forward to continuing to get better at it and continue to build on the success, early success of that. You know, I've been getting my golf game going again here as we've had a lot of time off, and I have mm-hmm. such a love-hate relationship with my swing. There's sometimes I love it. There's sometimes I hate it, and I just want to throw my clubs in, into the lake. What is it like for you with both your swings? Do you have a, a love-hate relationship with your swings? Um, I think more so, um, being quite just the golf, it's just that one shot that keeps you coming back or that one swing that keeps you coming back and believe in your routine. And, uh, it's, it's something that, um, even on the bad days, you got to stick with your routine. And, uh, I think that's the biggest part about being a pro and playing at this level is, is believing in the work that you do before the game more than, more so than the results you get some days and, uh, believe that you're doing the right thing and believe in the process. You know, it's a it's it's a weird situation that we have now in extra innings where all of a sudden there's a guy on second base and everybody's got to deal with it. And of course, you came up with in, in uh, two nights ago, you came up with the big double. What was that? What What's the scenario like when, you know, you're coming up, there's already a runner on second and, and you deliver. I mean, that was big. Um, just uh, being prepared for the situation, um, knowing that there's a chance to hit in that spot and uh, knowing who we're facing. And like I said, I, I did all my work before the bat. And when I got up there, it was just time to react and get a good pitch and just react. And, and uh, at, at playing at this level, that's all you can, that's all you can trust is, is you know you put in the work. You know what the guy's going to do to you. You know how he's going to attack you. And uh, just go up there and react. So what is it like now? Because I know, you know, before the pandemic, there were restrictions about going up and watching video. There was restrictions on what you could do. And I know they, they, they now don't want you guys doing certain things because of the pandemic. So as a pinch hitter and you know that, okay, there's a chance that I could be coming up. Are you able to hit in a cage? Are you able to go hit off a tee? Like, like how are you able to prepare? Yes, uh, so that's all the same. You're allowed to hit in the cage, but uh, the only thing that we've really, it's really uh, been different is you're not allowed to go to the video room at all, either before or after the game or during the game. So that is, uh, that's the difference. And um, it's something we're going to adjust, just like the guy on second base starting the extra innings. Um, we all are going to adjust to it and make the best of it. You know, I get the sense, and, and I'm at home, right? I'm like, I can't come to the ballpark. We're, we're doing everything remotely. Like, everything's a road game for us. But I, I get the sense of the intensity of every single game. You only got 60 games. You got you to win it. You got to win as many as you can. You can't give any up. Uh, what's the sense like for the player, like the urgency for you guys? Um, I think I think uh, with all we're dealing with, with uh, every day, um, some kind of new regu- restrictions coming out, something new is happening in other teams. Um, I think I think the best way to do it is just know that we have sixty games, and every day is a new day, and every day is a new challenge, and uh, you put your best foot forward every single day, and that's that's all you can control. 
can't control what's, what's going to happen out on the field. All you can do is just put the work in and, and believe in the process. So do you guys, have you guys talked about like the Marlins as reports come out that these guys, when they went to Atlanta, some guys went out to the bars, some guys were hanging out the hotel bar. Um, then there's reports about what guys with the Cardinals were doing. I know you guys have been pretty much staying in the hotel, but has there been any, any conversation since we've had a couple outbreaks where you say, guys, we got to not break protocol? Um, I think more so uh, we can't control what's going on on other teams. Um, all we can control is, and, and learn from other teams is, hey, this is this is our livelihood. We have to do everything right. We have to put these restrictions in place so we can play the season, so we can get to our ultimate goal is, is winning the World Series. And, and we're just going to have to adjust. And these are things that we're going to have to do and overcome and and uh, make adjustments too to, to to get to where we want to be, and that's a team thing, and we all have to be on the same page. You know, I think about your guys' bullpen, the way it started out. Uh, the ERA for your bullpen this year is one point eight three. They've been absolutely fantastic. Just talk about what they've been able to do, especially with starters not going deep in games. Um, man, um, you look down there. Even in the inter squad games, we had so many. We get to face all these guys. And uh, just facing the guys during the inner squad games, we were just like, man, we got a lot of arms down there. Man, if we get if we get a lead and we get our bullpen in, we know we're going to be in a good spot, and um, which has proved to be the case uh, early on. You know, I think about your offense, which has struggled. There's no question. But if you could match the offense with the pitching, especially the bullpen, how lethal could you guys be? I think everyone knows uh, what kind of team we have, and um, just uh, we—it's yes, there's aspects of the game that hasn't been there yet, but our bullpen has been there to to really solidify us at the beginning, and uh, and our bats will come around. We have some superstars on our team, and and they're just they're a click away, and and once it once this thing starts rolling all together, watch out. You know, the last two days you saw the starters go deeper and I just got this feeling in this 60 game season, if you're able to get, let's say six innings for your starter, I bet most teams will win that game. Just what is it like for you guys when you actually have a starter give you length? Uh, it's great. Um, and you know, every starter that goes out there, that's their plan is to, is to give, put up six, seven, as many innings as they can. And, um, once your starter gives you the quality start like Bass gave us yesterday, it's really – and then we get to hand the ball over the bullpen. It's, it speaks volume. Let's end on this. I know the fan base is really excited. How about you as players? How excited are you to watch Jesus Lazardo start tomorrow? I mean, um, I, I've gotten the chance to have seen him more than the public has and see him more than a lot of, a lot of other teams have. Um, it's a, he's a special young man, um, obviously very talented, wants to get better, wants to be the best. Um, and this is just the beginning of his career and, and, uh, he's going to impress a lot of people and I wish him nothing but the best. And, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch him grow up and watch the career he's going to have. Hey, great stuff as always. We appreciate it. Good luck against the Mariners and then uh, coming back home for another homestand. So be well, be safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. We'd like to thank Matt Chapman, Liam Hendricks, Chad Pender, and Robbie Grossman. Thank you for listening to A's Unfiltered. Now back to A's Cast, powered by iHeartRadio. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.